Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Razorback fans, welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Sterling Soap and Roaster Studios, part of the Believe in Buzz Radio Networks on 106.7 in Central Arkansas. All live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark. I am Porter Hayes, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Hall, and we're brought to you by Bet Online. Get the latest odds, lines, matchup reports. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Adam, speaking on betting, you think this time last week, would you have bet that we'd be hearing that Bobby Petrino would be the new offensive coordinator at the University of Arkansas? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> it was something that I didn't think would um, ever come, you know, full circle, like we've mentioned, everybody's mentioned. But, you know, it's um, it's still kind of you're in awe that it's actually happened. It, yeah. So and and you look back to what we posted on October 22nd. I pulled, I went back and pulled it up. And I said, hear me out. You know, it, it all this started with the whole motorcycle accident and everything. And I said, the only way to get Arkansas out of the curse, lift the curse, is bring Bobby P back. Did not know. it, And I even put in quotations or in parentheses, hey, uh, I'm halfway joking. But we seen, you know, I mean, and this whole thing's full circle. You look at the, this is probably one of the craziest weeks when you're talking about roller coaster rides, just exhilarating all the news, Duke game, Bobby Petrino, you had a instead of a plane flying over saying fire used to nut, you've got a plane flying over Bud Walton Arena saying welcome home, Bobby. Um, he was, you know, fired, brought back, and I heard some, you know, there was some big dogs that, you know, were willing to pony up the money to bring him back. And I tell you what, um, I thought it was going to take a miracle to have a story. Again, we'll talk about the basketball game later on, but that's another thing. Would you have thought that anything would have outweighed that game? There was a game going on that day when people were still buzzing about the hire of Bobby Petrino. That's what I thought was crazier than anything. Oh, yeah, and you put the post out, you know, does anybody remember that there's a game tonight? (laughs) Or, you know, it's that, that... I mean, that's what everybody was talking about when that news hit. And it was sudden, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was talks of um, other OCs, and then, boom, out of nowhere, it was Bobby Petrino set to be hired. And I was like, I mean, that one, I know that they said there was only about a 10-day period um, from when his agent reached out and then them making the announcement. So, you know, it happened <clears throat> very quick. And, I mean, it, it, and it wasn't. He obviously intentions weren't to overshadow anything with the basketball team. It was just that's big news, especially in the state of Arkansas. Yeah, and, and it's good. I mean, here's the deal. I was a I know there was a lot of people against it. I and look, there's no wrong. If people are against the hiring of Bobby Petrino or you you didn't like the moral aspect of him coming back after what happened, hey, that's that that's perfectly okay. I, I don't hate on anybody or I don't try to persuade anybody to feel a certain way when it comes because we know we, we know all know what happened and but to me it's like this is a business and you were trying to win back 20 30 40,000 fans you're, you're not trying to you're, you're trying to win back a whole fan base pretty much you know you've got your loyal royal army of of, of fans that are going to be there no matter what but you've got to win back 30,000 people to get back and fill these stadiums up. What's going to do it? 
And then on top of that, you know, they bring out Arkansas Edge. I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was either Teeter or the, uh, Will Whitson was talking about how much of a genius, you know, mm-hmm. Hunter Yurchek was for, hey, let's bring back Bobby Petrino. Oh, here's Arkansas Edge. It's brilliant. It's it's like you're in church at a revival during vacation Bible school and you bring out the offer and play it after everybody gets saved. You know, it's one of them deals like you knew how big this was going to be. And I yeah, would that, I would like to more. know how shocked Hunter Yurchek really thought like this would go. Like I don't think he expected this much reaction when it come to this 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 coaching hire. Yeah, I know when the emails started coming out uh, that morning about the Arkansas Edge and then the promo video for it, there was a lot of um, mixed reviews on it just because it was, you know, we didn't know what was pending. We didn't know it was limited. But, you know, once that news with Petrino came out, it was like, okay, this was all done for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, it, you know, that morning it was just kind of like, okay, so you want fans, you want us to contribute money. And they, you know, they just weren't sold on where the program was at. And then Petrino comes in, and it's like, let's completely change that. that, that you think about it, yes. I mean, you think about, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, all right, we're going to renovate Bud Walton Arena. We're, we're going to put boxes in. We're going to raise the ticket prices. We've put this brand-new big bar up on top of Razorback Stadium, and we're giving out these packages for fans to uh, go behind the scenes be on the sideline. You know, it's all, what can we do to squeeze as much money out of these people that we can? Um, and now going on the, the the run that Arkansas did and end up, you know, four and eight after that abysmal performance against Missouri. I mean, to see where we are now, you think that you would flip the numbers on that and they finished eight and four. Mm-hmm. That, that that's just a feeling and it's exciting. I'm excited for the Razorback fans. We all know this is going to be a, a, a banger bust deal. You know, either this is going to work out brilliantly or this is going to blow up in everybody's face. But the biggest thing that I think the positive of this is, is he's just the offensive coordinator. Yes. The Bobby Petrino name is bigger than the Sam Pittman name right now, whatever. But I'm talking about in the grand scheme of the coaching he, this guy is going to be able to have his own offense, just how he wants it, his terminology. We know that there's more coaches coming in. We're, we had a question about the O-line coach. We'll talk about him in just a second. But, you know, I think with him being just to be able to concentrate on the offense, depending on who the quarterback is, it's going to be very exciting to see what they're able to do. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to go – Eight, nine, I will not. You will not find me, and I'm not falling for that again. You know, we're not going to call for that. But, I mean, I can't wait to see what happens once he gets this thing going. And, of course, it all depends who and who comes back and who they bring in out of the portal. Yeah, you've got um, essentially two guys, two coaches that um, love the state that will tell everybody time and time again how much they love the state, they love the people. So, you know, I actually, you know, I, I believe them when they both, you know, separate themselves as head coach and offensive coordinator. Um, I know that, you know, when Bobby was at um, A&M, you know, Jimbo came out and was just like, you know, Petrino's going to have full reins of the offense. We know that, that wasn't true. Um, that was just lip service, and we saw it. And that was dumb on, and that was dumb on Jimbo's fault. Because look, look, look at the situation. Jimbo's job was on the line. Who'd they bring in? He he poached him from UNLV. Sam Pittman's job's on the line. Let's bring him in. And that's the thing, you know. And whether or not everything that Petrino said was true, I know you're going to talk about, you know, well, things didn't work out because it wasn't done my way. And it could have been true because we all know how egotistical Jimbo is. I never liked him. I didn't think the hire was going to work. And I said it from the beginning. You can go back as far as when he come from Florida State. I, it was not going to work because I didn't think he was that good of a head coach. You know, so you bring him in, and we'll see what he can do with this offense. Now, again, with Kennedy being gone, and, and that's another thing that was puzzling, 
so many people wanted him gone and wanted him gone. And I'm not saying that he just, I mean, it just probably just wasn't a fit here. I, I don't know what happened with all that. But there's still interest because another SEC program wants you. And how many times have you heard, you're only good as your next job? Well, he went from one SEC coaching job to another. So they've seen something in him. Maybe they were looking at last year when he was with Browse and how they blocked and I don't know. You know, the talent just wasn't there this year. I have no idea where things fell through on that. But bringing in the guy from Baylor who used to be at Arkansas, I believe he was a GA. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I mean, it's it's a fresh new start. You got a new OC, so you got a new offensive line. He's going to block the way you want him to block. And I think that – you're going to have to have some depth at O-line because if Bobby Trino wants to run his running gun, little air raid offense, you're going to it's, – it's going to be a lot different than just blocking for, uh, for a lot of runs. Yeah, you know, Mateos was – after Arkansas, he went to LSU. Um, and he was tight ends coach, and I forget where he went after that. But, you know, he went to BYU and then Baylor, and, I mean – two of each of those teams led the nation or were top five in the nation and rushing for three or four seasons. So, you know, it's one of those that um, he's really, I'm not going to say he's a hundred percent proven um, because of, you know, only having two stops, but the places that he has been, I mean, his offensive lines have produced. Um, I know this last season with Baylor, I mean, they were 107th in um, sacks allowed, so I know that was kind of a kind of a touchy spot for him. But you know, we'll see. And I think with um, Kennedy going to Mississippi State, like you said, the offensive scheme that they're going to run, you know, is what he coaches, what he teaches. You know, maybe is best suited for that type of system that Levy's going to bring in. And, and I kind of brought up a similar situation when they were talking about the blocking scheme when when Browse was here compared to what Enos wanted to run and brunch, bunching every – we're going to go back to that. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, you're definitely going to need depth. You're definitely going to need, uh, again, a quarterback who can run Bobby Petrino's offense. His offense is not it, – it's complex. You know, and you see what, you know, Lamar – Jackson was able to kind of do underneath his offense. I mean, he's had – you've seen what he done at Missouri State. I mean, you know, he's come in and, and a team like Missouri State, he had success. I think once you get a guy and you just let him come back, he knows what's on his plate. That guy knows what he was getting himself into. Hunter Yurchek knows what was getting himself into and Sam Pittman. But – and I'm not saying that this is not going to work out, but – they're praying that this works out because when you've even got people saying like, well, honey, your checks job could be on the line if this doesn't work out because just how important this hire is. I said that this time or at the beginning of the year. I said this is going to be one of the most important seasons because of how we're doing. You look at, look at the landscape of college football. If Texas was essentially – in the SEC this year, you could have had three out of the four teams in the SEC in the college football playoff. Could look Texas, Alabama, and then Georgia, you know, ended up not making it. But that's what you got coming into the SEC next year, along with OU. So you you have to get this right, but you have to, you know, not everybody's expecting you to win the West. Not everybody's expecting you to go eight, nine wins. I, I'm expecting them to get this thing back on on track and possibly get a bowl game. Like, show us, okay, what – show us that we're going to get better. Yeah, I look at, you know, bringing Bobby in. It's essentially, um, you mean, added time on Sam Pittman and his tenure. I think that it's going to make or break where he's at come, you know, at whatever point next season. You know, if you show an improvement, okay, we're going to do another year. Um, but if you are the same or digress, you know, I think that's when it's, okay, this isn't going to work. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of questions that are going to surround this going into next season. Yeah, and this is what Bobby Petrino had, had to say when he was asked about, you know, his return to Arkansas. 
No, there never was any anger at all. You know, I was always a Hogs fan. You know, I watched. People would ask me, Do you, "Are you going to watch the game? Are you going to watch him play?" And I watched as many games as I could. I cheered for him. I rooted for him. You know, love the players. Yeah, and you see, you know, him getting emotional at the end of there, and then look, how could you not like get teary at or how could you not get choked up or? Want to run through a brick wall when he put the post out there about uh, him and him and Mallet. You know, it just shows you that the guy. You know, you give a man a second chance, and like, and dude, it's been you know twelve years, eleven years. You know, twelve years. This dude's got grandkids. You know, he's been through two, three different schools. You know, he's he, he's grown. He 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 knows what he did. Now. I mean, again, we got to put that kind of aside too. Of do you, we're at the point. Look, or do we want to win, or do we want to? Well, this guy kind of had a troubled pass. We we don't know if it's gonna. You know, he, he's gonna bring us. What? How is that any different? I'm looking at a business and a football standpoint. How how is that any different than getting beat by North Texas or getting almost beat by Portland State or Liberty? You know, when you're last game of the year and you're having 40,000 fans in the stadium. I mean, we all know how important winning is at the University of Arkansas and the revenue. And what, I mean, what worse could, who do you think offensively you could have got better to come here than Bobby Petrino? Do, do you think, honestly, Adam, that another OC with an offensive mind would have came here this year after and not knowing the situation where Sam Pittman would be after the 24 season. Um, no, cause I mean, I know we had a lot of conversations out there that, uh, there was some uncertainty. I know there were some names that were thrown out early on, but the, you know, the biggest question was, um, with not knowing what would happen after next season, you know, I think that was hard for probably some people to be able to wrap their head around, like, I'm going to come in and potentially not have a job after if it ends up badly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one extreme or the other, it's either going to work or it's not going to work at all. And you're going to have to restart all over again. Yeah. And, and I'm going to bring this up. Look, multiple, multiple comments about this. You know, when we were told that this was going down, you know, yeah, but there was other people that was saying this too. You know, we weren't the only ones that said that reports are out there, hey, it's looking like he may be on the way out. You know, and, and I come on here and personally apologize for it. And to continuously get railroaded like this, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's cool the first week or if we jumped the gun. You know, I personally apologize to Braylon Russell's parents because, you know, he's a recruit coming here and he put out. So, you know, it's the fact that we keep commenting about – these things when there was other people out there dancing around it saying it too. We were told that there was reports of it and we had people telling us we could. You know, we got burned on that and I took full accountability of that and I'm still paying for it. I mean, and, and that's what it is. It is what it is. I can't apologize anymore. You know, I, I'm not a I'm not a credentialed football media member. So therefore, I mean, we go off the information that we were given to us. And to keep getting talked like this, you know, you know, you're, you're spending more time in our comments and stuff when you, you could be doing other things with your life, but you want to keep on talking about something that happened two weeks ago. I apologized, and but I don't think you want to come on to our pages and every time we talk about a Pittman thing, you you want to report on it or comment on this thing. Everybody makes mistakes. There was a media person in, in, in a message board that was saying that he was fired and it w- wasn't going to be announced Monday. You know, I'm not that, – that's the thing. There was two or three other people that were saying the same thing, not just us. Yes, our post got out there and everybody's seen it, and I had, you know, taken a full accountability for it and have talked to numerous people about it and about the repercussions of that. So – Again, I apologize for the fact that we ran with it. We didn't check with the people who report for Arkansas. That's on us. That's on me. I wouldn't say us because it was my decision, my name's on it, and I stand behind it. 
but but I'm not going to keep on week after week having this person with with no face come on here and keep on doing it. That, that's cool, but it's time to move on from it. You know, people make mistakes, and do we want the fact? Do we want him to be fired? There was times where I thought he should be fired. There was times where I thought he wasn't doing a good job. That that's everybody was takes was on that. Every media, almost every media person was saying those things. So I just wanted to address it because these comments keep pop, kept popping up and they popped up numerous Facebook posts. And the fact that you know, we're trying to do the best we can and we're not always going to be right. And not everybody is right with their, their post. So it's just the thing that the only thing I can do is apologize when we're wrong and, and move on from that. And that's that's the last I'm going to talk on it. It's the last I'm going to expect about it. There's things behind the scenes that that you don't know that I have had to answer for, and I've had to answer to some people about it. So it is what it is, and I take full responsibility for it. Yeah, let's just move on from the burner yeah. accounts too. So, well, I mean, look, it, it's it's just like I said. You know, we we got in trouble for it, and I apologize, and therefore that's all I can do. You know, and it's just we keep trying to do the best we can to give us the news. And hey, it, like I said, when, when you when you miss like that and it caused the stir that it did, I understand why people were mad. But I was man enough to not hide behind it. I don't delete things like some other people do when they're wrong. I kept it up for the fact that I wasn't going to stay behind it. You know, there's a lot of people who post things and they delete it, or they write stories and they delete them. You know, th- there's a lot of that that goes on. So, but anyways, moving on. Sorry for that, that, that tangent that we went on, but it's, it kind of got old after about the fourth or fifth one. So, yeah, but again, back to Bobby Petrino and just the expectations, how much pressure do you think that puts on Pittman to really get things right next year? Because you have basically took the mortgage out on your home and put it on red 15 or, you know, when mm-hmm. it comes to next season, you, you know, I mean, and I think there's other people who have put red 15, all their money on this to work out. So how much, how much, and I'll say this on Bobby Petrino, how much pressure you think's on him to fix this? Um, I think he's looking at it from more, not necessarily from the standpoint of where Pittman's at or um, what would be, you know, if something were to happen to Pittman, whatever, I think this is Bobby's wanting to rectify the past. So he's looking at this from a standpoint of he's going back a decade and, you know, he's trying to make up for all of that that's happened. So I think that he's going to come out guns blazing. And I mean, we've already seen with some of the offers that they've thrown out this weekend, um, you know, what type of quarterback he's going after. I mean, you know, Kane Archer already had his offer, um, they offered another 2026 four-star quarterback out of Florida. Um, so, you know, Bobby knows what kind of quarterback that he wants in his system. And so I think that that's what, and I mean, when it comes down to Mateos is higher too, you know, I, I think that that was probably a group effort. Um, it wasn't just Bobby hiring him. It wasn't just Sam hiring him. It was somebody that they both probably trust to step in and get them to where they need to be for this next season. Yeah, and and you look at the schedule, it's not easy, you know. And the fact is, I just seen that because there's a lot of people, fans, boosters, you know, board members, 100-year check, staff, players, they're looking at Bobby to fix this. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I was asking about about the pressure because – and I'm not saying he can't handle it. I'm just saying there's Mm got to be a lot of pressure – on him because it's like, all right, here's the offense. You've got four or five plus hundreds of thousands of Razorback fans looking over your shoulder and the downfall of it. We know how everything goes. If this thing's rolling, it's going to be great. But mm-hmm. if they lose to a, a non-conference opponent, if they lose to, you know, a Liberty or, or whoever, you know, I can't – Pull up the schedule offhand. Let me look at the schedule for next year real quick of who they have coming in. and um, um, They've got UAB and yeah. Little Rock. 
Um, they're at Oklahoma okay. State. Uh, they're home against UAB. The last game in Arlington against AM. Louisiana Tech is at home. Home against LSU. Home against Ole Miss. Home against Tennessee. Home against uh, Texas. And then at Auburn, at Mississippi State, and at Missouri. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's – and there's no more divisions. Mm-mm. So, you got to look at the, that schedule and, you know, manage it. I, I think if they don't try to come in and be world beaters and really try to – they really build on on this. I mean, four and eight, maybe – I mean, I'd, the, basically what I'm saying is if this team goes six and seven next year, six and six, I think we should see that as an improvement. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have to accept that. This is where the program should be. Again, we know that the program shouldn't be there, but you can't also expect a four and eight. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Eight and four jump. Now, if it happens, great, but you can't expect it. So if this team comes back and gets bowl eligible, I mean that's a baby step. That that you bring the bowling ball back. I think that's the first step. All right, get this thing going back again. Let's try to get a bowl eligible. Then you work from there. That I think that's the thing that when Sam Pittman was hired to get this thing back on track, they won that nine game season and they were like, okay, we're at the right spot. And then everything just jenga. Mm-hmm. And now everybody's scrambling to try to get it back to that nine-win season, and I think I, Bobby's done it before as head coach. So if you give him just the offensive duties, I, I think that gives you enough momentum that it could possibly get there. Now, if it's three, you know what he's got a three-year contract. Mm-hmm. So year. I mean, two-year, three-year. Uh, I think it's two with a third option, correct? Well, the way it was laid out was like from. December of this year into February of next year. And then his actual contract starts for two seasons. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if he, he gets this thing rolling, I mean, that's where the expectancy should be next year. You know, we, sh- we shouldn't have it now. Again, if it happens, I mean, it sucks in another four and eight year, but I think we should hope for improvement. But, but what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick, commercial break when we come back we are going to talk about the second most important news of the week which if you had asked us two months ago would have been unheard of but we'll talk about the arkansas win over duke when we come back after the break attention DOIs and home improvement enthusiasts are you searching for the right tools and the supplies to tackle your next project look no further than Menner's hardware store with locations in ozark alma and clarksville our vast selection of hardware and building materials is sure to have everything you need whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or building a new deck. Most of our knowledgeable staff is always on hand to offer expert advice and guidance. And with our competitive prices and convenient online ordering, Metters Hardware Store is your one-stop shop for all your DIY needs. Visit us today and let's build something amazing together. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our Harris history and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the law offices of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends. The same, like, I haven't had that experience in college basketball except for the Purdue game. So for me, like, I really just wanted to go out. I was just excited just to be out there and play. Um, the crowd played a big part, though. Like, it's tough to play in there with all those people, you know, screaming, yelling, like, so I feel like that that home court advantage is like different when it's packed out like that. 
I mean, it, when the fans are all, you know, all on our side, it's it's a it's a good feeling. You know, I can't imagine you know going somewhere else and playing against you know something like that. Uh, so just to have the fans there, man, those are the best fans in the country that are camping outside, you know. I drove past, there's probably 5,000 students outside, so, you know, you're probably not getting that anywhere else in the country. And, uh, man, I was just blessed to be a part of it. Uh, didn't know it was the, I didn't know it was the most people here ever in Bud Walton, so, you know, that's, a, that's, a, that's something special. And I didn't get a chance to go to the game, watched it on TV, and even on TV you could see the atmosphere. Um, I, my, my boss and, uh, her colleagues, they got four tickets at like five o'clock in the afternoon that day. And they said that it took them about three to four hours where they could hear normal again after leaving the state. Mm-hmm. It was just that loud. I, I mean, I want to ask you, you know, we've seen the fact where Arkansas has been with the basketball program, but playing a team like Duke, I don't care if they come in 0 and 5, 5 and 0, it's still Duke. 30 years after the 94 game, Nolan's there, Scotty's there, you know, the fans. I mean, just how special do you think it was to this program and this team to prove, one, because all we heard after the Purdue game was it was a make-believe game. It, it was a scrimmage. It was a scrimmage. You just got beat by UNC Greenville and or Greensboro, whichever North Carolina school it was, mm-hmm. to come in and play Duke. And I know the score was only – a five-point deficit or a five-point win for Arkansas. They, I, from what I was seeing, and I know there's a lot of homers on there that would say it too, and I'll agree with them. But the rest did everything they could to try to get Arkansas or get Duke back in the game. But big kudos to that team. And we talked about pressure with Bobby Petrino, and I put it out there with all the news of Bobby Petrino, with everything going on. How much pressure do you think was on the team and the coach to? keep that momentum going and win that game and to perform the way they did against Duke? Uh, I think, I mean, Musselman probably just had them focused on getting where they needed to be. Um, I think it was a, just some added excitement to the crowd, to the atmosphere. Um, but, you know, coming in after the two losses to um, Memphis and UNC, I mean, it was one of those, this game, whether, whether like you said, Duke was 0-5, 5-0, whatever, um, that game could have made or make not. I mean, I know it's a long season, but that could have made or break how things turn out the next several games before conference season gets here. Um, if they had lost, and um, you know, right about the I'd say eight, nine, ten minute mark of the second half. I mean, you could you felt like the game was in Arkansas's hands, like it was over, it was done with. But then Duke would just chip away, chip away a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, there's some calls made that, you know, were I, – I don't want to put things back on the ref, but they were, you know, s- sketchy at best. Yeah. Um, and then leading up to the, like, the very, you know, the last few minutes of the game, I mean, something that was blatant and that needs work on, and this isn't a knock, all teams need something to work on. But our guards getting caught up on when we they were getting pressed full court yeah. by Duke um, you know, it's something I go back to like when Jalen Williams was here, um, you know, keeping one of your big men cause he can handle the ball. So let's say like Brazil putting them between half court and three point line so that the guards can throw them the ball to try to break the press. And then that guy either bring it past half court or feed it off to a guard or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, that's something that it seemed like they did quite a bit with Jalen Williams, and I kind of expected to see it with Brazil, but, you know, it didn't happen. But the game turned out in our favor, so. Yeah, and Trevin Brazil ended up with 19 points. Cliff Battle had 21. Um, the three, uh, the free throw shooting was a little bit better. Um, still need to work on – I mean, Brazil was about the only one. He was three for six. You know, everybody else one for two, three for five. But, you know, seeing that, I mean, you look at the total – number 19 of 30 from the free throw line. That's something that's definitely – you talk about a game like this, you're, you're going to be playing SEC ball, and you're going to be dealing with games like that against, say, like a Vanderbilt on a Wednesday, and then you're going to Auburn on a Saturday or whatever. You've got to be ready for those type of environments. And I think an environment at home was as rowdy as like you are playing on the road. For them to be able to pull away, knowing that the nerves were there, and when I said, like, the thing about how nervous or how much pressure, I'm talking about initial. Like, I wasn't saying, like, oh, 
if Arkansas lost to Duke. I'm just talking about with the momentum. There, you, mm-hmm. you see the crowd. You see the fans. You see all the buzz, the plane flying over. You know, Bobby Petrino and Sam Pittman were in the building. You know, Nolan was there. It's just that has to add a little bit when it comes to, you know, the excitement to the team. But I, I was really good for them to see them get that win. Um, and the fact that you got another Carolina school coming to town that's they're no joke. You know, mm-hmm. Furman's a really good school. Um, if you you look at between Furman and Withrop, those schools in in South Carolina like that are really really good schools when it comes to. Um, and there was another one. It was um. It wasn't Furman or Winthrop. It was another school. The one that went to the NCAA tournament a couple years back. Oh goodness gracious! And I should have known it because. They're right there in the upstate where um, I'm I'm from, but oh goodness, it left me there for a minute. I'll remember it here in a second. But you got them little mid-major schools. Everybody's getting beat by them. I mean, Kentucky got beat, I believe. Who was it? They got beat by UNC Wilmington. No, it, it was a school from South Carolina and right. Wofford. That's who it was. Wofford. Wofford. Oh, yeah. yeah, Wofford. They're from Spartanburg, South Carolina. But um, uh, the fact that I think who was it? Mississippi State got beat by Southern. I mean, you're you're seeing yeah. a lot of those yeah. schools. Yeah, you had two SEC losses today. I mean, it was uh, Mississippi State and who else lost today? Uh, Auburn. Today? Did Auburn get beat today? Auburn, or was that yeah, yesterday? Auburn got beat okay. by Appalachian State. That's right. Yeah, so, Southern beat. You know, it's it's going to be I think a weird. Well, early on the non conference going to be a weird basketball season. Um, seeing Kentucky go down and then the two today, it's definitely something that's kind of everything's just don't seem right. I mean, the Purdue going down earlier in the week and then, I mean, heck um, Duke lost again Saturday to George tech. Yeah. So, you know, that was back to back losses for them. A question here. It says about Musselman. Is he a guy that would consider USC or UCLA at those openings since they're um, no, because look what he's building at Arkansas. In the SEC, I mean, now, I mean, would if if uh, God forbid they go on a two or three year streak where they're not making the tournament or they're getting beat first round, and that fizzle starts fading away, maybe. But if you were to tell me, look what he's built here at Arkansas. Look, look what him and and his wife have built in the community here in Northwest Arkansas with the suits and the sneakers, suits and sneakers, and I know he's. California and all that, but I got this question asked me a lot during football season when, when Clemson was on the run, and everybody is like, will Dabo leave Clemson for, for Bama because he played at Bama? But when you're building something at your own spot, it's just as big as – look, Arkansas is just as big as UCLA, just as big as the Kansases and Kentuckys right now from a program aspect now. I'm not saying, you know – national relevancy over the course of history of basketball. But when you're looking at it right now, look at the kids who want to come to Arkansas. You have to put them as a top three program, top five program, depending on who you ask, in college basketball right now. I don't think that's crazy. I don't know if I'm ready to say they're the number one program because you yet to win it all. But you, you would have to put them, if you talk about top five programs in the country right now, Arkansas has to be in the top five. Some top three, depending on where you're at. But no, I'm not worried about like him him jumping ship for another school because what he has here is Nevada on steroids. I mean, just the fans. Why would you want to leave? As much as he wants to be in that public eye, and as much as the fans, you can go to Idaho and be in an Idaho baseball game, and you're there with their star pitcher or whatever, and somebody says "Woo Pig Suey." I mean, that's just the the effect that Arkansas fans have. That really separates them. I mean, you really put them on a pedestal. When I'm talking about fans, you got to put them on a pedestal of Alabama fans or Kentucky fans. Because if you see somebody with an Arkansas shirt out in Nevada or California, you're going to hear "woo pig," just like you see somebody with the Alabama shirt on. You're an Alabama fan. They say "roll tide." Arkansas has made it to that level when it comes to the fans and the national brand. Because I mean, look at Dave Van Horde and Eric Musselman. And you can even throw back on the football team and just the national brand that Arkansas has in their mascot in a Razorback, it, it, it's hard to beat this fan base. 
Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the brand standpoint from what he's built, I mean, you've got a guy that, you know, getting the players that he has into the NBA draft, the NBA combines, you know, he's at all of those. He's at wherever he can be um, with a Razorback shirt on supporting his guys. Mm-hmm. Getting So, you know, I, I look at everybody wonders like, well, he's a West Coast guy. And I get that. But when you look at pay and when you look at the brand and what he's built here, there's nothing really necessarily enticing him to go to the West Coast. Because they've got everything here. Oh, yeah. And he's gotten to the point where he don't even have to wear anything on Arkansas now. Oh, yeah. He's somewhere. That's just a year ago, two years ago, he's had something Arkansas on. And every time he would go to San Diego, he found a, he is brilliant. He, he's a genius when it comes to no matter what. And I know outside of Arkansas fan base, people can't stand it. But he's a genius when it comes to no matter what, I'm going to get my name out there. Because there might be some kid in San Diego. There might be a kid down in Florida that we haven't seen yet or in New Jersey, Chicago. Everywhere he goes, he has found Mm -hmm. a way to put himself in the spotlight. But look what it's done. I mean, it's done nothing but produce stellar basketball teams, and this is another one. Uh, I believe it was – I can't believe it – remember if it was Battle or or Ellis. One of them were saying, why wouldn't a recruit not come to Arkansas? Yeah, it was L. Ellis. It's like yeah. you'd be you'd be dumb to not pick up the phone or answer the phone when he called. And you know, I remember when he first got here, the first couple few years, uh, different practices and stuff. He was you'd always see him like in a different pro teams mm-hmm. uh, just t shirt when he's at practice and whatnot. And you know, it was at first it was just you know brand recognitions. Those teams kind of like oh look, you know Arkansas's coaches wearing our stuff. But now you see it, and he's always in Arkansas gear at Arkansas. But then, like you were saying, you know, if he goes down to Houston or if he goes to Dow or wherever he goes, he supports that team that he's going to visit, you know, with a shirt of theirs um, because everybody knows who he is now. Yeah, and that that's awesome if he's your coach, you know. Oh, yeah. And and I guarantee you, this is this is no knock on Musselman, but if he was the coach at Alabama or if he was the coach at Kansas, we'd be like, man, what's this guy doing? But it's good to have when he's in your camp because he's bringing mm-hmm. recruits to your, your your school and just looking at, again, you had the record-breaking crowd ever, and you go back to the, this is including the national championship team. This is including the runner-up team, Sweet 16 teams. You had the record crowd against Duke on the 30th anniversary or year anniversary or whatever of the Duke game. I mean, and it's only going to go up from here. Mm-hmm. Um, now we'll, we'll see how SEC pl- season plays out. But again, l- let's think about something like how they're looked at, how Musselman's looked at, but they finished eight and 10 in the SEC. <laughs> I mean, well, look that's at, like Missouri. <laughs> that's crazy. It's, it's crazy because, yeah. you know, y- you see the opposing fan bases and they want to make fun of his pregame speeches they want to make fun of, you know, him taking his shirt off in celebration. Like, you know, and after beating Duke, um, you, you saw several times, uh, especially from the Missouri fan base, um, them telling us that that was our Super Bowl. Um, and, he, and then they want to bring up, when you when you chirp back to them, they want to bring up, well, y'all finished 8-10 um, and 10 in the conference last season, and we were fourth. And it's like, congratulations, we got to the Sweet 16. Yeah. I mean, y'all want to bring up that conference record, but y'all don't want to talk about how you got knocked out of the first weekend the past two years. And I think it's been since the last 12 years that y'all have made it past the first weekend. So it's one of those that's just, yeah, that fan bases are going to hate as much as possible Mm -hmm. opposing fan bases are. And that's just the biggest difference. You look at baseball, look at basketball, you're playing so many games. I mean, it really all the regular season doing is priming you for postseason. It's not like football where you lose a game in September, so you go 0-2 in September, your season's over when it looks out of, you know, bowl game aspirations or college football playoff aspirations. You're looking at the fact that you could go 8-10 and 10 and still make a, a Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four. You know, that's what – and being the mastermind that – Eric Musselman is. Why wouldn't you? Hey, we're you know we're we're going to cruise into January. We're because what does rankings mean? I mean, now when you get to the nitty gritty, you 
look at your conference record and you're looking at your last 10 games, your uh, RPI, how you are against top 25 teams. So just when you win your important games, finish 500 in your conference in the SEC, win a couple of games in the SEC tournament, you're at least getting it. You're guaranteed a 10 seed or higher, you know. Yeah, it's one of the, like, with rankings, I mean, I don't, it's nice to see, you know, that number next to you, mm-hmm. but it really doesn't matter until you're getting into February, into March, um, that you need to be, you know, getting up there. But, you know, I right now, I mean, it kind of hurt to see us fall from, you know, 20th to unranked, but at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, they're going to be back up there, so it's nothing to sweat at this point. Yeah, and we've seen them in this this position before. You know, we've seen them unranked and we've seen them unranked all the way up to the end, but it's like you want them to be ranked. They get ranked and then they fall Mm -hmm. unranked. I mean, it's just, it seems like that always kind of happens when it comes to the basketball team. But when you put the trust in the two coaches, let's look at Dave Van Horn and and Eric Musselman. They could go 0-4, 0-5 in their opening of the SEC, but you still have that trust like, okay, it's just January, or in baseball, it's just March or April. We know come June, Dave's going to get it rolling. We know come February, Eric's going to get it. They've deserved that. And I think this year is going to be the same thing. You've got guys that are lear- still learning to play together. You know, you've got, mm-hmm. a, again, the turnover rate for Arkansas. You know, you've got new guys coming in. You've got returners. you got a mixed bag. So, we'll uh, see how the rest of the season plays. Again, like I said, they have um, – you're looking at the schedule. They have Furman coming up. Then they have the Crimson and Cardinal Classic against Oklahoma on the ninth. Mm-hmm. They finish up with Limpscomb, Abilene Christian, and UMC Wilmington, which somebody put on there that UMC Wilmington beat somebody. And I remember, I think that was the team that beat Kentucky. Um, Steven said um, UNC just Beat somebody yeah, they, and be, they beat Kentucky, Kentucky. eighty to seventy three. So yesterday. that's your last non conference game before you you play mm-hmm. Auburn on January sixth. So well, I know a lot of people look at our um, non conference schedule sometimes, and I've been guilty of this too. And you're looking at some of these teams, and you're just kind of like meh. But then when you actually look at these teams, mm-hmm. it's like they're tournament caliber teams. Yeah, whether it be from last season or potentially this season. So I mean, Musselman really gives them a kind of a full round of what to ex- what they're going to expect throughout the season in non-conference. You look at this season, the, the non-conference schedule, you look at the – I mean, it's pretty even. I mm-hmm. mean, you you have your Purdue – I mean, again, exhibition, but, I, you know, it was a win. But it was a number one team at the time. Stanford, Memphis, North Carolina, Duke, Oklahoma – and then you've got teams like old UNC Wilmington who could win their conference. You have teams like, I mean, look at the, those North Carolina schools, Greensboro, Wilmington, Gardner-Webb, Alcorn State. They could all be those teams, not saying this year, but there's those teams that always you find themselves in the tournament. Furman's another one that can make some noise. So you've got to, do, you've got to have those games where you want to click and you want to learn your offense but you also want to have those tough tests. And I think this is one of the best schedules he's been able to put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going back to like you were talking about with the the new guys, the rotations, people chilling, I think that's just something that, I mean, we're going to have to get used to if you haven't yet, because whether it's new, um, new freshmen coming in or it's all transfers like we saw this season, I mean, minus like Leighton Blocker and, um, but you're, he's always going to have a fresh mix of guys that are going to contribute minutes immediately. Um, so that's just something that we're going to have these early season kind of little bumps in the road. But if anybody can make his team learn from it, it's Musselman. That's right. We're, we're going to wrap uh, the show up on this. I, I mean, what show couldn't with, with the volleyball team making it the Sweet 16. I've, I've said numerous times how proud I am of Coach Watson and this team. Uh, Taylor Head, Maggie Cartwright, Jill Gillen, Hannah Hogue. I mean, these the four, Courtney Jackson, you can throw her in there too. It's just this core of team that has played for four or five years together to be able to make it as far as they have. Um, 
got put in a, a, a tough draw. I mean, they, they got to play Kentucky, who they've lost against twice in the Sweet 16, and then more than likely play uh, number one Nebraska if they advance in, in the Elite Eight to advance to the Final Four. But the tremendous job that Watson and these girls have done this year is just tremendous. There was one time they hadn't lost – they, the only loss they had was to Wisconsin, and they were ranked number mm-hmm. one at the time, and played them the first set to five, five sets. First time they made the Sweet 16 since 98, and again, huge shout-out to these girls, um, especially Maggie, Taylor, and Jill. Hannah just, I mean, come on the scene this year, but I, Taylor, Maggie, and Jill, to be Jill being her fifth year and just an emotional interview she came after the set after the game, you can tell, I mean, what Coach Watson has done for these girls, taking taking kids that were told they were too small to play in any other program in the SEC, and look what's happened. They're in the Sweet 16. Um, they will play Kentucky, I believe, on Thursday. Thursday at 3.30. Thursday at 3.30. So be sure to catch that if you can. Cheer them on. Um, but either win, lose, or draw, I mean, this team is, again – First Sweet 16 since 98, so really want to give them a shout-out before before we wrap up. Adam, uh, you got anything else to add before we wrap it up? Oh, just touching on that. I mean, there's a couple of clips, a couple of interviews out there with Coach Watson um, kind of talking about the senior day going into the tournaments and then where they were at after winning last night. I mean, you can just tell, like, the emotion and the connection that he has with his players and the love that's between them. Um, when they're all talking about each other. And that's, you know, great to see between coaches and their athletes. Yeah, he's remarkable, remarkable human being. I've been able to talk with him a couple times. You can see the, the ball that's on the top shelf there that he, he gave me, presented with me at practice one day. I was there to talk to the couple of the players, and he had a team sign ball. And he's just very appreciative of the coverage and the fans. And he just – he reminds you of Difel and how humble she is about the cover. I mean, you see where the softball program was when they first started really jumping on the scene. Same thing that you get from Watson as you did Difel three, four years ago. I'd love to see it and love to see all these programs doing good. But, but that will do it for this episode of the Hog Talk podcast. For Adam Hall, I am Porter Hayes. Uh, always brought to you by Bet Online and Arkansas Brewing Company inside the Sterling and Roastery and. Soap Studios, and we will catch you this week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.